0: Welcome into the show. Thanks for tuning in. It is Daniel Wehrman coming to you live from the Dreamaginate Sports Studios. A little late start to the show today. Just getting some final things sorted out. It's been a crazy few weeks here in the U.S. and the world. And we are making our adjustments as well. Um, trying to make sure we've got everything back up and running uh, as we as we had been going before, full blast, uh, one of the things that is critical to to any kind of show is the, is the software and uh, it's, uh, it's been an issue we've been battling here for about a week and a half and we're, we feel like we're at a place now where um, we are able to start getting that together and making that work. Uh, but we are still, you know, going through that process. So thanks for your, your continued patience, uh, with that as we continue to, uh, roll, roll things out and, uh, and try to get them available to you. Um, one of the, the the crazy aspects of where we are is the fact that uh, nothing is kind of staying normal. Um, nothing is is uh, you know like when when football season when soccer season is on, you know every weekend you're you're turning uh, t- you know tuning into your favorite teams, favorite leagues, you're watching matches. It just seems like right now everything is ground down to a halt. It is, it is uh, bizarre and uh, and a bit weird that uh, that we are, you know, in this world at the moment. Uh, but uh, we've all got to do our part to try to make um, make this better. Um, and uh, and so you know while we. Are in a crazy place, and we are, you know, having um, to deal with the ramifications of the weirdness of going on. At the same time, we have to, uh, we all have to try to do our part to make it better for everyone else. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely. Definitely, uh, an adjustment and, uh, it's an adjustment for, for my family. Um, I'm sure it's an adjustment for your family as well. Um, just, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, that, that we're all trying to figure out, okay, how do we, you know, how do we, how do we make, um, how do we make this work? Um, and how do we get to a place where, um, uh, we can try to get back to our jobs, get back to, to what we call as normal. Um, and all of those, those aspects, those conversations are being had, the, the medical professionals are working through that. And so what we've got to do is just continue to, to, to listen, continue to, um, Adjust to what they're asking, and hopefully we can get through this sooner rather than later. Um, we're still sorting out some stuff with Twitter and Twitter Live with our multicast stream. Right now, we are broadcasting live uh, on DanielWorkman.com. Uh, you can also catch the show on BegaTV.com, and as well, you can uh, you can also catch the show. Uh, on uh, Facebook.com/forward/slash/wrkmn again, that is Facebook.com/forward/slash/wrkmn. So, um, you know, thanks for thanks for watching. Thanks for all the feedback last week. We are continue to to, to work through these issues. Today will be a little bit of an abbreviated show. We're going to run through. A few uh, hot button, uh, hot topic issues, and uh, and and then um, and and roll from there. Uh, normally, our show is minimum of an hour. Today is going to be a little bit shorter uh, as we continue to, to adjust to um, some of the the tech issues we've had in the coronavirus situation and and all of that. So we're we are going to uh, we're going to have a little bit of an abbreviated show today and. Um, look forward to getting back to, to our one hour format and guests and all that going forward throughout the week. So, um, one of the things that, that we haven't really talked about a lot in conjunction to this coronavirus situation is, um, is basically, um, you know, travel tournaments and the ramifications of travel tournaments why? Why does that matter? Why? Why is that a situation? Well, um, we're going to get into that here in just a moment. Uh, after a word from ductic brand d-u-k-t-i-g brand.com ductic brand uh, are the makers of some very very cool products uh, including uh, journals uh, notebooks they've got apparel but if you if you want to be a better coach or a better player these are tools and resources that make it easy for you to do it i mean they're their soccer field lined uh, notebooks uh, make it so convenient to be able to kind of chart through things uh, and, and go through things uh, really easy. So check them out at DuckTickBrand.com, D-U-K-T-I-G, Brand.com. And when you shop and you go to checkout, use promo code DWSHOW, you'll get 10% off of your order at DuckTickBrand.com. We'll be right back after this. show thanks for tuning in to this uh abbreviated format for today as we uh continue to run through some uh tests etc um we are aware that uh our twitter uh broadcast is not broadcasting today we will uh look to have that uh, corrected uh by uh, by tomorrow, show as we get back to normal. Uh, but uh, we thank you for tuning in. Those of you who are watching on facebook.com forward slash WRKMN or on danielwertman.com or uh, our other platforms. Um, we were talking about travel tournaments before the break and the impact on travel tournaments. In the uh, Ryan Pritt, a staff writer for the West Virginia Gazette, uh he's doing a little bit of a three-part series on the impact of the coronavirus epidemic on travel teams. And, um, one of the things that that's not really been discussed, a a lot of people have been really, um, you know, sad and frustrated, um, at the cancellation of spring sports, and, and in some places, uh, you know, even, you know, the the graduation ceremonies at this point uh, are are off. Um, maybe that changes. Maybe they're able to, you know, reschedule the, the graduation ceremonies, but their seasons in some in some places are gone. Um, it's been canceled. School's been canceled, whatever the case may be. And and it's over, and uh, and it is sad for all those those kids who have, you know, played their whole careers to play their senior season and have senior night and all those things, and and uh, and and that's that's another byproduct of of this really sad and unfortunate situation that the whole world is facing. Uh, one aspect that we haven't talked about very much are are the travel tournaments. This this youth pay to play system and this is this isn't just in in soccer it's in other sports as well now obviously this show we we talk a lot about football about soccer and um and, and so we're going to talk about it from this perspective but uh, Ryan Pritt's story here as he's digging into the effects Um, He says this, in addition to high school athletic teams, travel teams, and AAU squads, AAU for anyone who's not aware, it has to do with basketball uh, as their primary kind of tournament, pay-to-play tournament, travel tournament experience. AAU squads are beginning to feel the squeeze caused by the coronavirus and corresponding sports shutdown. While representatives of local teams, Adam Arthur of SC Alliance Soccer and Brian Mallory of the West Virginia Thunder, a girls' AAU basketball program, said their organizations remain okay financially, the industry as a whole could find itself in trouble and sooner than people realize. John McGraw was a women's basketball assistant at Marshall in the 2008 and, nine and 2009 and 10 seasons. Since then... His journey has included stops at junior colleges and NAIA schools, all while building his business, Insider Exposure. That business runs and operates AAU tournaments across the eastern half of the U.S. in the spring and summer. McGraw has guided the venture from a single tournament in 2010 to 25 scheduled events this year. Yet, like like nearly everything else scheduled for this spring and summer, those tournaments are in trouble. McGraw has already pulled the plug on three of them and is nearing a deadline to cancel a fourth. For McGraw and others in the industry, it's a scary time. He estimated that 90 to 95% of his six-figure salary is made between March and July as tournaments are held. But McGraw pointed out that his prospects are just the tip of the iceberg. Tournament operators are between a rock and a hard place, McGraw said. Teams have already paid money to play in these events, so I'm kind of at their mercy. You'd be a pretty bad person if you did not refund their money, but on the other hand, these facilities sometimes require thousands of dollars in deposits. Their expenses aren't going away. I think a lot of people look at this as guys like me are just making 95% profit on the money we bring in, but it's not that simple. McGraw used an example of a 150-team tournament in which all teams are guaranteed four games. Typically in such tournaments, two officials are used per game. Each ref is paid 30 per game, which means each game brings a $60 bill for officiating. Multiply that out over 300 games, and that's an immediate 18000 in expenses. And that brings up another group being hurt financially by no games being played, officials. Refs are out work, without work in high school sports as well, but in large travel AAU tournaments, officials can make us a s- substantial secondary income, one that is relied upon, but absent for now. Officials are really hurting too. McGraw explained, It's it's a lot different than high school officiating. These guys are working all weekend long. There's a two-man crew and they rotate, usually two games on and one game off or something like that. Those guys are working nine games at a day at 30 bucks a game, and they're making close to 200 bucks a day. So they're, they're making 30 bucks a game and they're making close math may not be best. That's $600 for a three day event and should actually be more. Uh, Let's say that they do 10 of those each spring, and and you see it's definitely a trickle-down thing here. In addition to playing officials, companies like McGraw's must also pay for the use of facilities beforehand, and finding a facility to house that volume of teams and games is fairly difficult. Most tournaments are held in multiple buildings. McGraw referenced a tournament run by Insider Exposure each year in Atlanta. The main facility carries a $21,000 rental fee with a secondary site costing around 4000 for the three-day event. That brings the pre-event price tag up around $43,000. Now, as events are being canceled, the operators of those facilities also find themselves in a bind. McGraw said that reservations for events like insider exposures must be made a year, sometimes multiple years in advance. That makes rescheduling or postponing big AAU travel tournaments impossible. Now, having already paid fees to facilities, having already accepted money from participating teams in some cases, McGraw is a mess in trying to pay refunds and get refunds. One facility that I had booked on March 20th wanted me to run the event, and if I was not willing to, it was going to bill me $7,000. It happened here in Jacksonville, Florida, and eventually the city of Jacksonville ordered that no more than 10 people were to be in one gathering. Eventually, I went to the facility with the screenshots with them telling me I absolutely could not put the tournament on. If the pandemic extends to the point that his business and others like it are not viable. It wouldn't be the first time McGraw will over, have overhauled his life. Former pharmaceutical sales salesman in New York, McGraw decided to pursue coaching in the interest of self-fulfillment after the terrorist attacks of 9-11. That led to several stops along the way before eventually establishing his company in the AAU circuit. This is a uh, kind of a an article in the middle of this uh um, three part series by Ryan Pritt I suggest you you check it out but I, I want to give you some thoughts on this in um, and, and where we are the, what you're what you're hearing in that article and all of the backs and and, and forths is because we have we have allowed. In American sports, in American youth sports, we have allowed our um, our youth sports to become a profit center for adults. We have built or allowed to be built systems, structures around the idea that the the kids will pay hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars. Families will pay these fees for their kids. And we have turned youth sports into a profit center for adults to profit off of families wanting to do the best for their kids, families wanting to provide opportunities for their kids. I mean, you name it, we um, we've done it. And these tournaments that are run in soccer, in baseball, basketball, it's, it's not for the kids. These things are not being done because we think the kids are benefiting from this. We're doing these things because people are making money off of them. Now, I, I am a big fan of free market economics and as a business owner, I I totally understand and get the pull and gravity towards capitalizing on opportunity. I get it. That being said, we also have to, I think get a little wise and be a little smarter about how we view youth sports. Too much of our competitions at the youth level, too much of those competitions are being done, being conducted in a way That is not the most beneficial for the kids. They're being done that way because they're most beneficial for the adults. And that is where the problem lies. Too many teams rely on tournaments to get matches. They don't play in local or somewhat local leagues. They drive by multiple teams to go hours away and stay in hotels and youth sports has become this leisure circuit. And the more you travel, the longer the distance, the more the word elite applies to your bank account, than it does a player's ability. There are really talented kids in this country, no matter what sport we play, really talented players. The problem is that we price out so many of these talented kids because we are more concerned with our own bottom line. I want to make six figures running youth basketball tournaments. I want to make six figures running youth soccer events. When we look at the landscape of youth sports, it's the adults that are messing things up. The kids just want to play. Eventually, at some age, kids are going to travel. But my contention is those kids should be traveling at a much older age than they are right now. When we look at uh, American football, most teams travel very little. They'll play. They might play in high schools. In for the average high school football team, they're going to play in their area. They're going to play some other teams that are not in their in their area but they're but they're geographically in their area And area is a word and at least where where we are which is basically think of it like uh, a conference in college football so they play their conference teams and then they play the teams outside of their conference teams that are still in the geographic area where they are And they might play one or two games throughout the year where they might host or travel a little bit longer distance, but that's it. It's not until if they are fortunate enough to make it to college where they begin to travel. You go from playing in Birmingham, Alabama, to playing for the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and now your games are in Tuscaloosa, they're in Auburn, they are in Atlanta, they're in Athens, and Knoxville, they're in Baton Rouge, they're in College Station, you might travel and play a special one-off game in Dallas, L.A., Indianapolis, Miami, your your geographic footprint for for college football is generally in your conference area. You might have a a game or two here or there every year that that's a a farther travel schedule including bowl games. And and when you when you get into the bowl games, one of the conversations they've been having for quite a while is fans aren't traveling. They're staying home. They're not selling out these seats anymore at these bowl games. And so You know, they've been trying to figure out what to do because the attendance, live attendance has not been good at these bowl games. Well, that's the same problem we've been having in youth sports for a long time. Imagine every weekend at 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, you're packing up your family. Driving three, four, five hours away to play three or four games, stay in hotels, and then come home. That that adds up really quickly. For anyone out there who doesn't think that pay-to-play soccer and travel sports isn't a problem, you either have so much money that it just doesn't bother you. You don't have kids. Or you simply just don't care about the sport and about making it accessible to as many as possible. Because if you care about making it as accessible as possible, if that's really what you want to see, if you want to see youth sports be about the youth, we would cut out most of this travel garbage. We would get together and we would make it a priority to create leagues. And we would say, look, we're going to do an occasional tournament, but that's it. Most of our our competitions going to come in the form of local leagues. We're not going to be driving four hours on the weekends to go play. We're going to play teams right here. And in most places in the country, if if the Federation came out with a requirement of its membership to say teams are only allowed to play X number of tournaments per year. We could start to curb these issues. And and people are quick to go, you can't do that. You can't stop them. Oh, yes, you can. Absolutely, yes, you can. Little League Baseball, several years ago, came out with stipulations for every one of their leagues across the world in regards to pitch count. And they placed the public health, they They placed a priority on the health and safety of every young kid and pitcher by putting in pitch counts, how much rest was required. And they worked with Dr. James Andrews, the renowned uh, orthopedist and surgeon, about guidelines and provisions of, of ser- kids at certain ages and how many pitches and how much rest, etc. And... They instituted that. That same process could be undertaken by the Federation. Do they care about the financial well-being of their families? Do they care about the health and safety of their kids? It's easy to say, yes, we do. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Are you putting up travel restrictions on how far teams can travel for leagues without waivers being sought are you putting uh, limitations on how many tournaments teams can play in a season are you are you being proactive about getting youth sports accessible to as many people as possible, reducing the financial burden on families, and ultimately getting this back to what it's supposed to be about the kids. This coronavirus pandemic is a perfect opportunity for the Federation to lead. And we've been talking about this for a long time. Not just in the last couple weeks with Cindy Cohn now as president, but there's been an absence of leadership for a very long time. Will they lead now? The trend says no. The optimist in me says, I hope so. I hope there are people out there who really want to do the right thing by the kids. And uh, if we do, I think we can change the landscape of, of of American sports, and we can we can become even better in so many sports, not just not just soccer, not just basketball, but in all of them. I think we've gotten away from it. We've commercialized and made made it a an industry. Youth sports and it's it's a real shame because we should be serving our kids. Serving our community, serving our families. It should be about the kids enjoying themselves, learning a the skill, learning the sport, getting better. But not 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 doing it in a way that 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 has to serve the purpose of profit if there's ways for you to make money and keep it about the kids and reduce travel and reduce the expenses on families hey look i'm all ears like i said i'm a free market capitalist i i think if you can find a way to do it fine but i think there're also with with all of those decisions come responsibility we all have a responsibility to do right by these kids to do right by these families and uh, i don't think we've been doing it so far and uh, it's time that that changes and this uh, coronavirus situation is a perfect opportunity to, uh, to do a rethink and a relaunch of how we handle youth sports. Speaking of uh, how we handle situations, right now around the world, people are struggling with the realities of coronavirus. And there is uh, an organization called Charity Water that is still doing work at providing clean drinking water to people who need it. People that need help, they need the opportunity to live in in a place where their water isn't diseased, um, where they have the opportunity to to live healthy lives that enables them to get a good education, maybe even in a medical field that treats their own people. When situations like this happens, happens. I I would encourage you today to go to charitywater.org. It's a great organization that provides clean drinking water to people all over the world. 100% of the money you give goes to helping those in need. It does not go to pay staff. They raise that money separately. Uh, you can give towards that as well. But, but if you just give to a charity water campaign, it's just going to those people. And it's fantastic what they've done. They've been doing it for a while. They are very reputable. And if you have some spare change, I would encourage you to go there today. Charitywater.org. We'll be right back after this. and no child should ever have to drink green water with bugs, with algae, with disease in it. Bad water and a lack of toilets kills more people than all the wars in the world. We know how to bring clean drinking water right now to every single person on earth. And when you can bring water into communities, it truly Thanks for tuning in on this uh, abbreviated show. We are back up and running. We are streaming out. We are working on uh, finalizing some of the uh, multi-stream, multi-platform issues. Uh, but uh, so far, so good on uh, everything else. And uh, we are we are happy that we are back up and running uh, there. So um, kudos to the tech team, support team. We're, we're finally making progress there and we we're we're very happy that we have been able to do that uh final story of of this show as we wrap up today is that uh teams uh, around the world are trying to do what they can to help and uh, help keep their clubs afloat help help keep the this staff in place not just the players but the staffing in place um and in terms of their employment and their paychecks um you know, the big draw and those that they get paid the most are the players. Uh, and in a lot of cases, those players get paid, uh, you know, way uh, salaries way above anyone else at the club uh, because they are the draw. They are what brings in the money. And, uh, and, and that's all good and well, but in, in times of crisis, um, we've, we've started to see clubs step up. Uh, We've seen some really cool stories in the Bundesliga. We've seen uh, Juventus players forego salary for four months in an effort to help. And uh, today, news comes out that my favorite club, Barcelona's players, have agreed to a 70% pay cut um, amid the coronavirus. And uh, they are also, um, the players, the first team players, are going to make an additional contribution so that none of the non-sporting staff's earnings will be reduced during Spain's state of emergency. Um, It is really cool to see. One of the things about Barcelona that's different from a lot of other clubs is they don't have an outside investor or owner. They are 100% member-owned. And the craziness about their setup, just as a side note here, is that they would not be allowed to play in Major League Soccer in the United States. They would not be allowed to play in the first division in the United States. FC Barcelona, how crazy is that? Real Madrid, same thing. 100% member-owned clubs and not allowed to play at the highest level. That That's a topic for another day, and I've talked a little bit about it before, but it's it's just absurd, the soccer rules in this country and how they're set up for Major League Soccer. It's crazy. But it's good to see these these things taking place all across the world. Players are stepping up and saying, look, we're going to do our part. We want to try to help. We want to help those less fortunate than us. And Barcelona, my favorite club, uh, is is yet another in that list of clubs whose players are stepping up and going uh, out and contributing, not just to wage cuts, but they're making additional uh, contributions as well. Uh, here's a statement from Messi. He said, we want to clarify that, all, that our desire has always been for reduction to be applied to our salaries because we understand that this is an exceptional situation and we are the first that have always helped the club with what they have asked of us. Um, he went on to say, many times we have even done things on our own accord at moments when we felt it necessary or important to do so. For that reason, it surprises us that from inside the club, there would be people that would that want to put us under a magnifying glass or try to pressure us into something that we were always clear we wanted to do. In fact, if the agreement is dragged on, it's because we were looking for a formula to help the club and its workers in these difficult times. For our part, the moment has arrived to announce that aside from the 70% wage cut during the state of emergency... We are going to also make contributions so that all of the club's employees can earn 100% of their salaries for as long as this situation lasts. It is, uh, it, it is, it it is been, this has been one of the, uh, the cool aspects here of what we're seeing where uh, clubs and their players are giving up money and salary to keep the, the clubs afloat, keep leagues afloat, help the, uh, the, the non-player salaries and staffing who aren't making millions upon millions of dollars um, to help keep them employed and paychecks rolling in. If there's something that I think we can learn from this coronavirus situation, there's, a, there's quite a few things. And at some point, we'll, we'll probably take a lot of time to go through it. But one thing uh, in light of this story is we could all take this as a lesson going forward about making sure that we do our part to help when help is needed and when help is required that is our show for today thank you for watching we were happy to be back and broadcasting again we will continue to work out uh, the kinks in terms of the multi-stream but we are back up with the show and the software and we we, we are excited to be able to to do that and bring you today's uh, abbreviated show uh tomorrow we look forward to being back at full capacity thanks for watching as always, you can watch on danielworkman.com, on begatv.com, facebook.com forward slash wrkmn. You can interact with us on Twitter or Instagram at Daniel Workman. DMs are open, and we look forward to getting this thing streaming again on Twitter again next week. Thanks for watching the show. We appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great week, and we all are hoping this coronavirus situation wraps up sooner rather than later. Stay safe out there. We'll see you again tomorrow.